Hi beauties, I'm Megan Spaeth. I'm a licensed acupuncturist and an eternal student of mind, body, and spirit medicine. Here in this podcast, I share the profound and deep wisdom of classical Chinese medicine. I teach the medicine through my lens as a fire child and also through my earth roles as a healer, a mother, and a sister. I try to share it in a way that's relatable and enriching for your lives. I believe if we can sustain true joy and connection, we can heal any disharmony or dis-ease. We bring light into the darkness to heal. And once we're full of that light, we can shine it out to our loved ones and to all of humanity. Welcome to podcast number five, which is synchronistically on the five elements. I didn't even do that on purpose. Uh, So we've talked about the Tao in the Taoist philosophy. It's the intrinsic order of all things. The way we interact with this Tao, with this order, I explained through the theory of yin and yang. And then that theory is further differentiated by the five elements. So the five elements are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. Some other medicines have different ones, but these are the Chinese medicine ones. You'll often see them in a five-point star pattern. So fire is at the top, that would be 12 o'clock. And then to the right, around 2 o'clock is earth. And then we go down, maybe around 4 is metal. Then around 8 o'clock is water. And around 10 o'clock is wood. And this is called the creation cycle. So each of these elements feed into the next and help create and build each other. And it's a circle, so it goes round and round. Some people will put earth in the middle and then the others in a northeast, southwest position. And earth is the center, it's the harmonizer. But those are the two ways you'll see it if you look it up. And I'm very visual, so I really like to see these things. So I would definitely suggest maybe just on a search engine, you know, type in five elements and look for five elements of Chinese medicine and look for images so that you can see what it looks like. But we see the five elements in nature pretty easily in regards to the seasons and how humans naturally interact in those seasons. So the five phases always starts with wood because wood is life sprouting forward and that is springtime. So in the spring, we have all these things that may look like they were dead, they were barren, but underneath the surface in the wintertime, as the world was hibernating, it's gathering this incredible amount of energy to sprout forth. The wood element is all about this awesome power. So it pushes through and allows the yin to come into yang. So the grass grows, the shoots start coming out of the soil, the flowers grow and open and the trees start to sprout life again and get leaves again. And this essence and yin of the soil gradually absorb the water through the roots. And then the light of the sun comes and that's what allows the yin plus the yang to open up and blossom into life. So the wood elements about creation and expansion and achieving something and doing and exploring and a lot of us feel that spring energy that like bolts of life when spring comes and we have spring cleaning and we open the windows and we allow life in and we get outside again and we do and we see and we explore after spring after wood we go into summer which is the fire element and in the summer the days are the longest the sun's out the most it's the hottest temperatures And it's time to kind of enjoy the fruits of our labor that spring worked so hard to sprout forth. 
And that's when we have the beautiful flowers to enjoy and all the green grass to walk on and the water we can go in because it's warm enough and it's, you know, it feels so good to be out there that I always think, and I think I said this before, but that image of the summer solstice when like native peoples everywhere are dancing around bonfires. Summer is about fun and joy. And in summer and June, we see that in humanity through all the celebrations, like the graduations and weddings and, you know, people are celebrating and they're, they're enjoying, they're playing, you know, kids are off of school, teachers are out of school and it's time to play. And then late summer, they call earth time. And this is when the grains growing in the earth reach their pinnacle and we start to harvest. So we come together in groups and we share with one another. We nurture one another with the food that we're harvesting. And earth can also be seen as the end of every season, because like I said earlier, it's the harmonizer. It helps us transition softly into the next season. So traditionally they talk about it as the end of summer, but you can also think about it as the end and transition of every season into the next. So after summer, we have fall and that's metal. So metal things are, things are falling, things are decaying, things are slowing down and we're preparing for a darker, colder time. So we get rid of everything we don't need. You know, the leaves on the trees are like, well, we don't need this anymore. We got to conserve our energy and humans do the same thing. We start to calm down. We have more of a schedule and we still rituals to help us slow down and get organized and prepare for the winter, prepare to welcome in the sacred. Winter is water time. And water, you think of like the depth of the ocean. Water element is about exploring the depths of our soul. So in winter, it's dark. You know, we go inward, we get quiet. The sun's asleep the longest. And ideally, we embrace that darkness and that sense of hibernation. And we get the deep rest that our body needs to prepare the depths of our soil to be able to sprout forth again once spring comes. So the five elements are seen in nature and they're within all of us. So the body is this microcosm and the planet is a macrocosm. So our body reflects what's happening in the macrocosm and the planet at large. So these seasons are happening inside our bodies in regard to the organs. And each organ corresponds with one of the five elements. And each of them have a physical, emotional, and mental job. And we'll go more into detail about the organs a little bit more at a later time, and especially more about the minor organs or the bowel organs. But for today's discussion, we're going to stick with the five core organs. And that would be the liver, the heart, the spleen, pancreas, the lungs, and the kidneys. So the organ of the liver is wood. The liver filters everything that we put into our bodies. You know, all the food and the drinks and medicines we put into our bodies, the liver filters it. And energetically, it also filters all the stressors around us. It processes what we give it. Physically, it turns the fatty foods into bile to get rid of it. And it also takes stressors in our life and help get rid of what we don't need so that the body can flow smoothly in spite of that. So the liver is responsible for the smooth flow of chi. So it doesn't necessarily create the chi, but it's responsible to help it move smoothly. And it's the same thing mentally. It's 
kind of governs decision making. It likes to be in control. They say the liver is like the general of the army. And it likes to have a clear path and it likes to tell the other organs, you do this, you do this. If this is happening, we'll be in harmony. And if we're overburdening our livers with too much food, too much alcohol, too much pharmaceuticals, or with too much stress, then it feels out of control and then it can't manage the smooth flow of chi and it becomes stagnant. Liver chi stagnation is one of the most common patterns of disease that we see in our society. It's that irritability, um, that sense of overwhelm or nothing's going right or a lot of tension in our shoulders and digestive disorders. So that's what the liver. And then we have the fire element. The organ is the heart. And the heart is our life force that pumps the blood all throughout our body. They call it the sovereign organ. And arguably, any other organ in the body could fail. But as long as the heart's beating, life is still being sustained. Only when the heart stops does life stop. So the heart is our ultimate life force. It's also our ultimate connection to all the other organs, since it's what sends the blood everywhere. And it acts the same way energetically as, you know, we all know, we say, oh, lead with your heart or love with your heart or listen to your heart to have an open heart an open life. And the heart's all about love and joy and connection it can also be about its opposite. You know, when there's lack of connection, people have a lot of anxiety and that also is the emotion of the heart. Anxiety could be like an excess of heat in the heart or a deficiency of blood. Um, deficiency of blood, that would be more that like lack of connection. And that's a huge problem in our society right now. Lack of connection, lack of understanding others, lack of empathy. You know, there's so many things out there to separate us. So people are having a lot of anxiety. I often think of a lot of teenagers having this issue, this heart issue, this fire issue, because they're not really connecting like humans have done for millions of years. You know, so much of it is through this new way of connecting through social media and our bodies are not primed for that. Our soul, our Shen, which is called our mind spirit that's stored in our heart, our Shen is not prepared for that kind of connection. So I think it leads to a lot of disharmony. So next up we have the organ for earth. And that's the spleen, we call it, but it's kind of what we now know more of takes the job of the pancreas. So we often call it the spleen, but we mean the spleen and pancreas job together. You know, back when they were developing the medicine, they didn't necessarily have all these complicated autopsies that we do now. But so the spleen, pancreas, um, the stomach is the other earth organ. So the stomach rottens and ripens the food. It digests our food and it then gives it to the spleen, the pancreas, and the spleen pancreas is responsible for taking that food and turning it into our daily chi. So once it makes the chi, then it sends our energy up to the lungs. And when those two are combined together, that creates our chest chi or our the daily chi that we make. So when we're eating too many heavy foods or when we're taking in too much heavy information, the spleen pancreas gets weighed down. It gets too sluggish and it can't transform the food that we eat into chi. So when we feel overburdened by life, we get a sense of worry 
or obsession or pensiveness. We think about the same thing over and over. We ruminate on it, the things we said, the things we want to happen, the things we don't want to happen, this like sense of worry, pensiveness. And if we can't digest our food well, our mind starts to worry because they're very deeply connected. When our mind starts to worry, we can't digest our food well. So we have this cyclical pattern of unwellness. So it's about this taking responsibility for what are we taking into our lives? Are we making good decisions with our food? Are we making good decisions with the people we surround ourselves with? Are we making good decisions with the information we're taking in? You know, are we watching like fear-based news every day? Are we thinking and ruminating on the bad relationships in our life? And if so, that will have a direct relationship negatively with our gut. So next we have the metal element and that organ is the lungs. So the lungs breathe in the air, the oxygen, they filter it out and then they send the oxygen down to our kidneys and then the kidneys grasp the lung chi. So the lungs are responsible for taking in the good and breathing out the bad. They're our most exterior defense and they control the skin. So between what we're breathing in and what we're touching and bringing in through our skin, the lungs are like this canopy around our body. And if the canopy is nice and strong, it pushes off disease, it pushes off pathogens, it pushes off negativity. If our lungs are not strong enough, we can get overburdened by pathogens or overburdened by negativity and then feel a sense of grief or sadness You know, it's all just, it's too difficult and grief is the emotions of the lungs and the lungs are all about letting go. So we're taking in life. We get to decide what we hold on to, what we no longer need. We breathe out. And finally, we have the water element and that's our kidneys. And in Chinese medicine, we say the kidneys store our constitutional strength or what they call the jing, this heavy, dense yin energy that is our stores for the rest of our life. The energy we're born with is housed in the kidneys. It also houses our willpower, our will to live, our strength to live and prosper. The emotion of the kidneys is fear. And arguably all negative emotions can be boiled down to fear. You know, anger, for example, we get really angry Because underneath, we're pretty afraid. Anger is a bit more of an empowering emotion. But underneath, we don't quite have the faith. So we feel like we need to get a level of control over it. And we're angry that we don't have this control over it. Anxiety, similar. You know, when we don't have this deep faith that life is going the way it's supposed to go, we can get this sense of anxiety. Same with grief. You know, grief is this sense of loss, like... What we lost is gone forever and it's a lack of faith that we'll, we won't see it again and worries the same. So ultimately the kidneys are the source of life and fear is the source of all negativity and water is the source of all creation. You know, we evolved out of the water. So the kidneys store this source energy. So that's the five elements in the body. And we talked about the five elements in nature, and there's also five elements according to our personality types. In each incarnation on earth, 
before we take human form, our spirit has a sort of curriculum that it needs to accomplish or learn in this lifetime. And based on our previous lives, when we die, we watch a film of our life being played out in front of us. And anytime while watching the film, we see something and are like, oh man, I totally could have done that better. Or I wish they had done this instead of that. Or we see this trauma that happened to us and we, we can't even watch, you know, it was so bad. We wish that didn't happen to us. Or if we see things that we loved so much and we really want to experience more of like, oh my gosh, I just loved having babies and feeling that intimacy of babies. And we want to come back and experience that again. All of these things we place, we plant seeds for future incarnations. And then based on what it is we need to experience again, we choose an element type to help us experience that more deeply, to help us fulfill our curriculum. So if, for example, in my last incarnation, I didn't accomplish much of anything. I didn't really get anywhere. I didn't take any risks. You know, I wish I was bolder. I wish I explored the world more. Maybe in my next lifetime, I'll be incarnated as a wood person because it's so natural for wood people to achieve and to explore. That's just within them. So the first personality type I want to talk about is wood. That's the archetype of a pioneer or a warrior or a visionary. And these people are very strong and they're very purposeful. And like springtime, the wood season, they're all about growth and expansion. And they love a purpose. They love a challenge. They're always taking action. They're always checking off new goals, creating new goals you know, they love to set them and crush them and beat their time. So these are like the world's leading athletes. These are like the world's explorers, um, you know, the intense sports and like taking risks and their voice is a natural shouting voice. So you might hear a wood voice, like you can hear it just because their voice is a little bit intense or a little bit shouting and they're very decisive. They push themselves to the limit. They can be really stubborn. And the dominant emotion of wood is anger. So when things don't go their way, that's their immediate reaction. And sometimes we think wood people are always angry, but it could be their natural expression, like their natural voices shouting and their intensity might make them seem like they're angry, but they're not actually. But it usually is a wood person's go-to emotion. And like a tree, wood people are very expansive, they're very strong, but they need to learn how to bend and flow when there's wind and when there's storms. And if they're in balance, these storms can even help them grow. They can become even stronger under pressure. You know, they get roots even deeper in the soil to, you know, help them deal with the next storm. And they thrive on that, right? They love that type of growth and that control. But because we know it's impossible to be in control all the time, this could lead to an overwhelmed wood element or an angry, irritable, frustrated wood element. But when they're in balance, they're very creative, they're productive, they're natural leaders and coaches. Um, each Each element has physical characteristics as well. So physically, wood people are usually strong and muscular. They have more of a square physique maybe a square face and they have strong hands and feet and they're sinewy like long muscles and then we have fire people 
So fire people are the lovers, they're the comedians, they're the life of the party. Their archetype is often called the wizard. So they can make magic out of anything and anywhere they go. They love to laugh and spread their joy for life. They're very compassionate and they need to be connected to people around them. And they need connection to the divine. They're naturally very intuitive. Um, They're good communicators. And often you can tell a fire person kind of by looking at them. There's something charming or magnetic about them. And they just seem like a little bit brighter. They're often having fun, smiling and laughing, and they have a lot of energy. So fire is ultimate yang. We think of the summer, right? The ultimate heat, ultimate light, ultimate yang. And, you know, there's a lot of excitement in fire people. There's a lot of optimism and positivity, and they make others feel alive just by being around them. They are excitable. They can also be impulsive. Um, but all this fire, all this yang, they can have a tendency to get overwhelmed and to burn out. So the fire burns too fast. If they're not nourishing their fire and if they're out of balance, they get scattered and that joy can turn into anxiety and panic. But when they're in balance, they make the best of friends, good communicators, um, entertainers, educators, teachers, you know, they're the personality types. Appearance-wise, fire types are usually tall. They have like a willowy physique. They have graceful hands and feet and long neck, long legs, long arms. And they say their voice is one of laughter. So it often sounds like they're laughing or smiling when they speak. And next we have earth people. So these are the mothers. These are the nurturers, the providers. They're constantly concerned for the welfare of others and for making others feel comfortable. They love to host. They're very welcoming. They're pretty selfless and empathetic. They're deeply caring and concerned. Um, They may often appear calm, but underneath the surface is often a nervousness in earth people. Um, You know, kind of like those moms who are always worried about their kids, no matter what, you know, they never feel a sense of peace because there's a piece of their heart traveling around outside of them, you know, earth people really like to be involved. They like to be needed. Sometimes they can come off as needy in return. And when they're out of balance, they're not much self-care. All their capacity for care is going out to others. So they're nourishing others, but they're not nourishing themselves and, or it could go the opposite way. They actually go inward and they become self-absorbed and self-centered and, Earth people often end up overnourishing themselves through food instead of these other good lifestyle choices. They're just kind of like, oh, let's just eat whatever's around. And, you know, I didn't take time for myself to make myself something today. So they can have some overeating problems, some obesity problems, eating disorders, although eating disorders could go in any of the elements. But when earth people are in harmony, they're the best mothers and healers and caretakers and their physical features tend to be more round, like that kind of traditional apple type, you know, the round face, the round belly, like soft peachy skin, thicker muscles, um, broad hips and shoulders, but smaller hands and feet. And the earth voice is very sing song. So 
you may hear those people, they have like super sweet voices and they almost sound like they're singing when they speak. And now metal people are known as the alchemist. So metal people take something common and through ritual and patience and precision, they turn that into something very special, like an alchemist who transforms base metal into this precious gold. They do that through being very disciplined and having very high values, you know, very high moral values and aesthetic values. Metal people love beauty and they absolutely need order in their lives. So these are the minimalists and the ones who kind of thrive off of this clean, clear space, both in their space around them, but also in their head, right? They don't have this extra room for this stuff that does not belong here. Like the lungs that breathe in what we want to keep and breathe out what we don't want to, metal people are very good at filtering these things out. And metal people have a high sense of justice and they see very clear boundaries of right and wrong. So this makes them really wonderful advocates and they're highly effective in seeking moral change. You know, they're the ones that are going to the state houses and petitioning or you know, the politicians who are genuinely very passionate about their stance. But sometimes this type of strictness can cut them off from a sense of compassion and connectedness to anyone who's not just like them. You know, they understand people who are just like them, but if you're not, they kind of cut you out, you know, like the lungs, they breathe you right out. The emotion of metal is grief. So when a metal person's in balance, they're able to let go of things really well. But when they're out of balance, they can hold on to a lot of grudges, a lot of things or people who hurt them. And when they're out of balance, they can't let go. And they have this sense of self-righteousness. They can be cold and indifferent. But when they're in balance, they're very honorable, kind of like the righteous judge. They're respectful and they have this balance between spirituality and materialism and they have a richness of being about them and they're very resilient physically metal people often are very well put together they have erect posture and they're symmetrical they have delicate bones and compact muscles and they say their voice is weeping which sometimes can be like a bit of maybe a whining voice or a melancholy And finally, we have water type. The archetype of water is the philosopher or the sage. And generally, water people are more introverted. They love exploring the mystery of life. So the kidneys are the source of life, and water people love diving into that source. They kind of need a lot of time and space to do that, to ponder the meaning of life and to find insight on the world. And they value wisdom and knowledge and they can be very imaginative. Water people love finding out about their ancestors and their history. Um, They're the kids who are kind of just like wander on the playground and are totally content playing by themselves in the corner. And the emotion of water is fear. So it's the survival element, right? It has our source energy. So When water people are in balance, they can use the fear well to help them be vigilant and navigate life's challenges. 
but when they're out of balance, they may be paralyzed by fear and feel like, oh, it's safer in my own world. They could be very disconnected and agoraphobic. Um, you know, they kind of immerse themselves like in video games and that's where they live or in the metaverse. Um, they don't trust others. They don't like to explore or take risks. But the opposite can happen when they're well adapted. You know, they have a trust of life and they're brave because they have this deep sense of faith and they have a good willpower. And physically, water people have like long but like larger bones and they're kind of dense and lean and they have a sculpted face and a long narrow head and deep set eyes and long fingers and toes and the voice of metal they say is groaning sometimes i think it's like a a whispering too so all these five elements live inside of all of us because we all have those organs inside of us but most of us have one dominant element and one secondary element So personally, I'm fire, that's my dominant element, and I'm also earth. And a lot of my roles in this lifetime as a healer, um, as a mother, as a sister, those are three of the roles that I feel really connected to in this lifetime and feel like on a constant quest to learn more about them and to be better at them. So those roles are definitely earth roles, but I'm totally a fire type. And that's like my dominant type is fire. That's a yang element and earth is a harmonizer and there's, you know, some yin and yang to earth. So earth kind of helps harmonize my fire. Whereas someone who's more pure fire or maybe wood and fire, they have a lot of yang. So they have like, like my mom is wood and fire and she has like 10 times the energy as people get like 50 years younger than her. Um, And then there are people who are, two yin types you know they're primarily a water type and also a metal type and those people have you know a slower denser lower energy about them so we'll definitely get deeper into these elements and next i'm going to do a whole podcast on each one my goal is to hopefully help you figure out which element you are and then which element the people in your life around you are because i really think the more you know about yourself and your loved ones, the more you can accept and understand and love yourself and your loved ones. You know, it's really enriching and potentially life-changing to realize which main element you embody. And it helps us forgive the parts of us that challenge us. So if I didn't experience all these so-called negative parts of myself, I also wouldn't have all my favorite parts of myself because both those traits are inherent in my fire type. For example, I often have multiple projects going on at a time. You know, I could be doing five things either at a time or, you know, on a broader scale, like like five projects I'm trying to bring to life eventually. But it's difficult for fire people to actually finish projects. You know, we have a lot of this like yang energy, but to finish it, we need to pull it down into yin and we just get bored you know? So often I would feel so guilty that I wasn't finishing these projects. I'm like, oh man, I can't finish anything. But once I realize that that's part of my element, I can embrace it more deeply and just feel grateful that I can multitask like that. Like a lot of other elements can't do that. And, you know, I see this creative energy that can flow out in many different areas And the process is what is the fulfilling part for me. You know, I don't necessarily need all of these to be completed. The 
the most important ones I do. It just helps me love myself and know myself more deeply. And it helps me love and know those around me more deeply. By understanding someone's element, we can have so much more compassion for them and more compassion for their choices and their actions. You know, the people around us often were like, I would never say that, or I would never do that. Or how can they even think that? And it can be hard to understand people or forgive people because of that. But once you see it's a natural part of their element type, and it's not personal, it's, and if you were that element type, you would probably say and do the exact same thing. And maybe in another lifetime, you were making those same choices because you were that element type. So it just helps us bring this sense of compassion and helps us let go of a lot of the drama. You know, not everybody has to be like us. And the more you can understand how they were meant to be in this lifetime, the more you can appreciate them. And understanding the five phases reminds us that everyone's individual, everyone has different rhythms. It helps let go of our prejudices and our generalizations. And like I said earlier, there's so much trying to separate us and make us feel like, hey, you're either on this side or that side. You're this type of person or that type of person. And if you're that type of person, that's why the world's going to shit. Or if you're that type of political party, that's why the world's going to shit. Or these type of men are ruining this institution or whatever it is, you know, but all the elements are within all of us. So it helps us let go of judgment. So I hope that this five element summary was clear and helpful to you. And if you feel like you still have no idea what element you are, that's completely normal. It took me years to figure it out because there's only five elements and there's billions of people in the world. So they take on all different forms. So next we're going to dive into wood and I'll go a little bit more deeply into the wood type. In the meantime, let me know if you have any questions and I hope you feel the love all around you. Bye.
and I hope you feel the blessings all around you. Bye.